Welcome to Fantasy Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dobb, joined by Field Yates and Stefania Bell. Today's show is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico. Just like Stefania, it is easy to do this show when you are here on Tuesdays. How are you doing, kid? Nailed it. Yeah, as long as I know where to look. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. We got a three box going on for those of us that are listening on the audio format. Field, how you doing, buddy? You having a good one? I am doing great, Daniel. Uh, it's great to have the three of us all back together again. I feel like it's been a while since we did a three-person yeah. show with the three of us specifically. And uh, we you are know- on, well... We are not necessarily on to the semifinals because the ESPN default settings are the semifinals beginning in week sure. 15 and lasting yep. for two weeks. But for those that had the quarterfinals this past week, we are now on to semifinals. Yeah, you know why Phil's talking about that? You want to uh, know why he's talking about that? Uh, you know what happened in the show league? Oh, what happened in the show league? Oh, why don't you tell him, Field? Tell him how you beat me. Uh, well, <laughs> on DK Metcalf <laughs> finally catching a pass in like the fourth quarter and went ahead of me by like... It was actually like, like it was... Point, it was like point... Six differential or 0.5 for the That's longest brutal. time. It was a weird one. So I went into the game down, what, <laughs> one point? I think I was down 2.2 with DK Metcalf left. And so, for those that watched the game, which I'm imagining much of our audience did, <laughs> he had one catch for eight yards in the first half. And I was thinking to myself, there's just no way. This isn't right. possible. But there is, is a way it? because you know why? <laughs> it's fantasy, fantasy football. football. That's exactly, exactly how there is a way. Yes. So um, I think it was rude of you to have DK Metcalf not catch a pass until the, after the half so that I actually thought that I still had a I chance know, of winning. No, I, I got to be honest. Like the fourth quarter. You know, I, uh, I talk about this often on the show and I, it's really hard for me to observe this pattern of behavior, but I talk about how like I'm really efforting more and more by every year that goes by and trying not to get too emotionally invested in the outcomes of our fantasy football matchups because there's so little that we actually control once the games begin. If you saw me last night, <laughs> you would not think that I'm actually trying that. Yeah. As I'm sitting there on the couch like you guys. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure everybody who's out there does this exact same thing. So downstairs where I watch the games at night because the girls are both asleep. Sure. Um, we have an L couch. When you say the girls are both asleep, are you talking about Kinley and Chapin uh, and you and Palmer are watching the game yes, together? Uh, that's actually true. Though, we did have a uh, Palmer was up quite a bit last okay, night. Okay, so okay. It's a whole different story. But my two young children, both under the age of two, uh, were asleep. And so I had each of the six available seats to myself as Chapin was upstairs watching the crown. I moved to every single one of the cushions. Everyone. Totally convinced. I mean, 100% convinced that if I went from the cushion on the far left to the middle cushion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that DK Metcalf would start to go off. It turns out the fifth cushion was the one that I that needed. That was it. That now, was it. Meanwhile, like it, the fifth and sixth cushions on this couch are definitely the least preferred seats in terms of watching the TV. Like I'm sitting there with like my neck craned right watching the game. But if hey, that's what it took, it worked for DK Metcalf. To, find, to finally go over 2.2 fantasy points, then I, too, will be added to the injury report <laughs> this week with a strained neck. The only consolation prize in all of this is that Field had to suffer. To That's get right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Eight points mean. that he got. Mean. Listen, mean. I'm, I'm, I'm out guy. of the show league now. Very I'm sad. Sorry. It was a good round, though. I mean. It was a good round. Very good round. I mean, I, I'm not going to, don't want to brag, but I was ahead of Field. 
going yeah. into this playoff, right. but just proof that, you know, you can come from a little bit below and still Any given Monday, right? right? Yeah. In some right. cases, any given Monday. We will so. dive into the show league at the very end of the show. We have some fun updates to be able to talk about, but let's dive into fun Monday Night Football. Fun for yeah, only for less some. fun for others. <laughs> let's talk about Monday Night Football, guys. Yeah, fun game. It seriously yeah. was. This one was back and forth. I'm going to start with the Eagles here. Obviously, Jalen Hurts took a different flight to come in, was under the weather field. When you're looking at Jalen Hurts, I know that he still scored 21.9 fantasy points because yeah. he's freaking Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But what did you see? Like, Did you feel like he was off in this one? Could you tell that he was under the weather? I am no Stefania Bell. Um, I am not an excuse maker either. And Jalen Hurts is the least excuse maker probably on the planet. Yes, true. The first shot, once the game broadcast began of Jalen Hurts, I looked at him, I thought to myself, this dude is so under the weather. Yeah. And he looked at the whole game. I, I get it. it. He would probably tell you, no, I was totally fine because Jalen Hurts might be the best leader in sports right now. And he's, uh, again, he is the most accountable athlete probably in the NFL right now. He didn't look right. And I am going to chalk up part of his struggles last night to him not looking right. I just, I think that this is a different player than we have seen for much of the season. For fantasy, it didn't quite matter if you're, you know, 21 fantasy points is a very, very, very serviceable score for a quarterback, but um, it just felt a little bit off. They opened up a game with a run for Jalen Hurts, which gave me a little bit of optimism, a 13 yard run. And then I just felt like the rest of the night, the offense was totally out of rhythm. Yeah, I just looking at his face, like he, look he looked right. like you look like when you have the flu or yeah. something like yeah. I Don't thought every few seconds he might puke. <laughs> that's, he, he, well, that's how he looked to me was like he just didn't look right. And you're right, Field. He will not say it. Remember when he injured his knee? He was wearing a brace like man, he's fine. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't talk about those things. And I think that's part of his approach is yep. if I'm out here, I'm out here and I'm just not going to acknowledge that I'm not feeling right or playing right. And he, w he wouldn't make an excuse, but I think it's silly if we don't acknowledge ourselves that if you have some kind of illness like that, that would make you that ill that you're getting downgraded over the weekend, you're flying separately and you're a question mark until the game time. You're clearly not your best. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And not only that, I can't imagine feeling that way, having the flu and then going outside and playing football in 45 degree rainy like driving weather. rain. Yeah. Like, like that was, seems awful. So I get it. I know that people who are listening might be saying to themselves, I don't care. They could be playing in a dome. They could be playing in Maui. I don't care. Like I want the fantasy points. We still got a pretty decent day from Jalen Hurts and unfortunately led to a quiet day though for both of his pass catchers. What am I supposed to tell you, though, about Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? Like, A.J. Brown, believe it or not, like, sometimes you don't have 125 receiving yards in a game. He and Devontae Smith went 5 for 56 for A.J., 5 for 50 for Devontae. A.J. Smith got, A.J. Brown got 10 targets, though. Like, if yeah. I told you going into the game that A.J. Brown was going to get 10 targets, you'd probably forecast him to be a top 15 wide receiver at worst. Wasn't their best day at the office. If you're looking for great optimism going forward for the Eagles, they play the Giants this upcoming week, a much, much better opportunity to get right in the passing game. They actually play the Giants twice in the last three weeks, including in week 18. So this offense should look much more like itself. DeAndre Swift was a busy man, though, last night. He had 74 rushing yards, Daniel. That was fine you know there's been talk and actually on the broadcast uh joe and troy alluded to it about how the eagles kind of want to get him more involved in the passing game he had just two catches there was a third play in which they threw a lateral to him mm -hmm. that like the motion was a throw even though it technically went behind the line of scrimmage so a bit more involvement in the passing game but um there was that chunk of, of, of time where DeAndre Swift was really, really good for fantasy, right? But um, a reminder that in this offense, still, this is now basically three years of Jalen Hurts as the starter. 
They just aren't going to prominently feature backs in the passing game. Yep. And Jalen Hurts had two rushing touchdowns last night. So unless that changes, and there's little reason for me to think the Eagles would change what Jalen Hurts does because he's the best player on that offense, then that's going to be the limiting factor for any running back in this Philly offense for a full season, not for stretches but for a full season there was time there where they were running series of quarterback draws like he is just going to be able to move the ball they trust him perhaps more than anyone else when they need that big push and that was not meant as a pun to refer to (laughs) but literally he is so big and so strong that he is their best power back yeah and and he could have had three last night by the way could have uh at the uh they went up seven nothing early and i think there were some in the building that felt like the Eagles maybe got away with a false start that was not called on a fourth and one play and that the Seahawks maybe got a gift false start penalty that even kind of had Joe and Troy who know the rule book backwards and forwards confused when Jason Kelsey, Mm -hmm. like pretty much he gets to the line, puts his hand on the ball and within like a second, I think they the the ref seemed to explain. I think that what John Perry said was maybe like he, yeah, like he grabbed the the ball and moved it a little bit too suddenly to be honest with you, like I feel like I know the rules pretty well. I was confused by it myself, uh, but you know that's a first and goal or second and goal at the one, which eventually turns into a second and goal from the six. And you guys know what's happening on that play, right? right. I mean, second they're going goal. to the yeah. line. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to the line to turn this into three rushing touchdowns. So my effort to get four rushing touchdowns it was out pretty of close. Yeah, it didn't quite work out. But I was um, thinking about you. I, I have no, you know what? I have no remorse about Jalen Hurts' performance. He has been a warrior all season. I'll say this last thing about the, life. last thing about the Eagles, and then we can move on. DeAndre Swift in five of his last six games yeah. has fewer than nine and a half fantasy points. The only game in which he has more than nine and a half fantasy points. He got in the end zone mm-hmm. yeah, because, that's of, be the key. Yeah. because of the passing game, limited passing game usage. Yeah. He has become a touchdown dependent running back because Jalen Hurts yep. is the goal line back in this backfield. Totally. But they played the Giants this week, and I bet you get a little bit different performance out of DeAndre Swift. Fingers crossed. It's yeah. going to be tough for me to trust him after five, five weeks where he hasn't even hit 10 fantasy points for me to start him this last week. In week 16, I, I don't know. This is yeah. In a 10 team league, he's probably yeah. uh, like there's a consider. You might very well have a, a running back that's got a little more upside than uh, DeAndre Swift in a deeper league. And certainly the three of us are very oh, accustomed sure. to playing yeah. in like yes. you know 14, 16 he's dynasty leagues starter. where it's like okay, he's going to be started. But I hear you, Daniel. Like yeah. he's going to need to cash in with five catches or a touchdown to have you know 12, 15, 18 point upside. Yep. On the other side of that, I owe Drew Lock an apology for ever slandering him ever because honestly, just as a human being yeah seriously he is now like i mean after last night i just those are the moments to me in sports that we live for seeing a player like that um talking about his performance talking about i even like geno smith more than i did the day Uh before because of the you know the little video of him pumping him up on the sidelines and drew lock talking about it this is a reminder for people who may not have been paying attention to this but we did not know who the starting quarterback would be until Right at game time. I mean, this was we heard that Geno Smith would be active. I obviously was following it because there was an injury concern around Geno Smith. Then we saw that he really wanted to play. Then we saw that he was out there for a warm-up, so yeah. it really looked like it. Then we heard Geno Smith was active. But in one of the things that is rare, but it does happen, Geno Smith was active but not starting. They made the decision to start with Drew Locke. Pete Carroll said afterward that Geno Smith was pushing to play, but the groin injury, they still felt like they wanted to give him a little bit more time. So I, I do believe that Geno Smith will be the starter next week, but 
uh, last night was Drew Lock cool. night. This is one of it those things, if you want to find silver lining in all of the injuries that we have had this year, which is tough to do, it's given us a lot of really cool stories to root for some backups that don't normally get some playing time. Drew Lock is another one of those guys. Field, understanding that he was out there with both DK and Tyler Lockett and JSN yeah, for that final drive. Totally. How'd you feel Drew Lock looked with this offense under center? Pretty solid. I mean, the numbers are okay, right? I mean, 208 passing yards and a touchdown, completed 67% of his passes. All those things are good. Got hot late. I mean, it was a very quiet first half for the entire Seattle offense. 97 yards of total offense in the first half. So not exactly what you were expecting against an Eagles defense that has been vulnerable, but I thought it was pretty solid. It's probably, again, it's going to be a one-week Rental, yeah. most likely, yep. as far as fantasy purposes are concerned. They play the Titans this upcoming Sunday. Another good matchup for that Seattle offense. But, you know, critical moments are what define players' careers very often. And that throw to Drew uh, to Jackson Smith and Jigba from Drew Locke was a thing of beauty. Hmm. Uh, a 29-yard touchdown pass with, what, 29 seconds left as well? I mean, right around there. So uh, a massive moment for Drew Locke. Got to be one of the highlights of his professional career. And Stefania mentioned the emotion he showed after the game and the respect that he showed for his teammates including Geno Smith that kind of made it all worth it um obviously a frustrating disappointing night for Eagles fans but uh for those that had like a less vested interest in the game Drew Locke that was just like a cool story and uh, you are right Daniel there have been many underdog stories this year yeah that have all of a sudden brought players like Jake Browning and for a while Josh Dobbs and maybe Nick Mullins and Drew Locke onto the radar and have become um, guys that, you know, not just to have their moments, but in the case of a few of them might parlay this into yeah, real might, money this offseason. Might resurrect yeah. what their career outlook sure. um, is going to be. And yeah. certainly I think that was the case for Drew Lock. And I hope Mike Clay's doing okay this morning. Wow. Mike Clay and his oh, poor man. Eagles. But, you know, Shovel. listen, as 49ers fan, we don't often root for the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. but we sure did you last, last night. night. You were. That's yes. right. Um, how'd you feel about when you look at this field? I actually came in thinking that Ken Walker, like this running game was not going to be as efficient efficient as yeah. it was given how it was they normally start yeah. it wasn't but it got yeah. there at the end because sure ken yeah. walker looked pretty good by the he time you get terrific. to the end of this he had a 23 yard touchdown run that obviously was the biggest play of the night for uh for that running game uh, and probably the second biggest play of the night other than the touchdown to jsn but what was most encouraging to me for ken walker is that a week ago and different circumstances because of the fact that they were trailing in their most recent game he had nine carries eight carries Zach Charbonnet had nine. Yep. It was the Ken Walker show again last yes, night. Yes, it was. So there was no division between this workload. It was 19 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown for Walker, plus three catches on three targets, as opposed to Zach Charbonnet, who had four catches, 16, four, four carries for 16 yards and zero catches last night. So might, uh, might also be a reflection of the fact that he's really past this oblique injury. Yeah, again, we totally. forget players come back from injury. They're might, maybe not 100% yet. So yep. workload division is a little bit different, but totally. after fully practicing and being healthier. I think I've learned, and I should have learned this probably like a decade ago, like, you know, nothing is completely certain in, in the world of football, but, you know, I certainly would expect going into week 16 that uh, Ken Walker III will be the starting running back for the Seahawks and have a very heavy workload and a top 15 option, whereas Zach Charbonnet would be a non-usable piece this upcoming weekend. A big day for uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously. Five catches on five targets. Efficient. Found the end zone as well. Um, but, you know, I think that like just a nice sort of dart throw who's obviously so talented. He was a first round pick, 20th overall pick in the draft that if you're in a deeper league and you need to just throw a dart against some sort of wide receiver, I think JSN is amongst the more desirable candidates just because 
good matchup in week 16 and a really, really good player who seems to be ascending over the past three weeks where he now has, I believe, 23 targets over these past three games. Yeah, a combination of more experience and I think people forget he started the season hurt. I yeah. mean, he was coming off wrist, wrist surgery, injury, yeah. which people are like, okay, he's back, but it takes a while to be able to do everything that you need to do coming off of wrist surgery, yep. even if you're out there on the field. So I, I like seeing his uh, trajectory go in the right direction. Yep. Sure Huge win for the Seattle team. When it comes to a playoff push and for fantasy managers, if you had Jalen Hurts or Ken Walker, they both paid off. So we're very happy for yeah, both a tough of night for uh, for Tyler Lockett once again, which just nine uh, targets, but I know. Field, three for 21. You know, the story of Tyler Lockett's fantasy career for a long time has been you know up and down and mm-hmm. up and down. But those ups really made up for the downs. That yeah. has not been the case this season for Tyler Lockett and uh, an amazing player, obviously, still. But um, uh, that's that. that yo-yo sort of nature to his game has uh, really been a lot less yo-yo and a much more one-sided sort of just like a lot of down weeks and fantasy purposes unfortunately yeah all right we're going to dive into the injury report next but first uh, a lot of gh help yeah. us pay my clay salary home <laughs> auto prize sports memorabilia whatever you need to protect geico can help get you covered and with the award-winning geico mobile app you can get 24 7 claim support and on the go policy access it's easy to geico go to geico.com today you guys smell that? I sure do. Mm. That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season, my friends. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet DP from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back, and this year things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. All right, Stefania Bell, we're going to dive into the injury report, yes. unfortunately, oh, this man. week. Oh, man. Again, Can I say again? something that's completely unrelated that's like so unfair that happens in life? Sure. Um, I mean, not actually unfair, but uh, so my daughter, my old daughter's in daycare yes. and they have, it's incredible, these apps that they have at daycare. And I'm sure parents of daycare out there probably can relate to this, but it's like, I'm not there with her, but I feel like I'm there with her because they're constantly updating like, oh, Kinley just had breakfast or Kinley just had a diaper change or Kinley just <laughs> whatever. And they do photos. And I swear they only upload, they always upload photos during our show. And I'm like, well, yes, I want to take two seconds to look at my daughter being adorable with her friends. And uh, I just did that. And yeah, my heart is melting right now. That's how it works. That's not cute right there. That's the most adorable photo. She's in her little ski hat. She's in in the dream. I know. I can. How cute. I can. Uh, that's adorable. Anymore, that's adorable. But, uh, you know what? I, I get those updates on my dog. For your dogs, <laughs> we have, we go to the same. <laughs> we go to the same dog uh, dog daycare. Here's and Rico playing with his friends. It's right. hilarious. Yes. No, it's it's hilarious because the dog. I mean, I I love that app as well for yeah. the dogs. It does crack me up. That's and that so was, good. I know that was really, but, but we wanted to feel good before we started diving into all the injuries that's right, that we, exactly. feel, we don't yeah, feel good about. So, that, that, you know. That's not actually unfair. It's just unfair <laughs> that I have to feel like, uh, am I guilty? Do I have to feel guilty for looking at these incredibly cute photos? Definitely or am not. I just going to take five no, seconds to look at, at them? I'm looking at Rico photos. That okay. they yeah, right. Especially before we dive <laughs> right. into injuries. Yeah. Let's look at tiny humans and puppets that always yeah. make us feel <laughs> yeah. better. There we go. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> Stefania, let's talk about Zach Wilson. He left <sighs> in the first half in this one. Things that kind of seemed weird with this, but we found out he was in the concussion protocol. What can you tell us about Zach? Yeah. So this is really interesting. Interesting, and I, I credit uh, Rich Semini with the reporting on this. Uh, Rich Semini, who covers the Jets for us, our NFL Nation reporter, does such a good job. We know that as of right now, Zach Wilson is in the concussion protocol, and as we've said many times on this show, that is a daily evaluation. There are five phases to progress through, so 
just leave it at that. We don't have any idea of what his status will be for this week as of yet. But for people who may have been watching and it was a little unclear of sort of the mechanism of how he got there, Rich Semina reported that Zach Wilson's mother had shared on her Instagram story that Zach Wilson left the game. Um, and I'm quoting which Rich is reporting here when he started having problems with blurred vision Ugh. and depth perception and that he had been experiencing symptoms during the game, but he wanted to keep playing and didn't inform anyone. And this goes back to the heart of the issue, which sometimes, you know, Diagnosing concussions in the moment is an imperfect process. We don't have a definitive way of doing so. If people see things, uh, if they see things in the booth, if players, other teammates, referees, coaches notice things that are amiss, one is supposed to report that. It all, Rich went on to say that he was evaluated and cleared to return, according to the CBS broadcast, uh, and that when they asked Robert Sala, the head coach, about this, his quote was, I don't know about any of that. It came from a top that they wanted to review for a possible head injury, and he was put in the concussion protocol, and that's it. All I would say without knowing any more than what I've just shared with you is that, again, this is an imperfect process, and sometimes players are screened and clear the test. But if that happens, if a player is taken for a head injury evaluation, they are more closely monitored if they re-entered the game. Uh, and ultimately... If they are pulled out again, it could be because those symptoms manifested in a different way. Somebody got more concerned. Uh, but I would also encourage players, you, you got to help out and report. And you saw Zach Wilson getting just yep. creamed yep. Uh, without the protection up front. It's a, it's a big concern. I mean, we talk about injuries on the O-line and play of the O-line as it relates to how the offense is executed. But there's one person who stands behind them who really has to have trust in that protection in order to be able to function well, and that's the quarterback. Yeah, the Jets get the Washington Commanders at home, so it should be a good matchup, but we will have more on both Garrett Great Wilson and matchup. Brees Hall based yeah. on who is going to be the quarterback a little bit yeah. later on this week. Stefania Will Levis, unfortunately, he's been another one of those really fun and exciting stories so with fun. all the energy yeah. that he brings. Got rolled up on on Sunday. What can you tell us about the injury that happened to the lower half of his body? Yeah, <laughs> they called it a leg injury initially. It's a right high ankle sprain because Mike Vrabel said this was the same injury that Ryan Tannehill suffered last yeah. year. And if you recall, Ryan Tannehill had a high ankle sprain, missed two games, came back and then was re-injured in week 15 and ended up having surgery and his season was ended then. So I think what we take from this is that he's dealing with a similar injury. It's a high ankle sprain. It sure makes it sound like Levis might not be available this week. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the season. Nobody has ruled him out yet, but uh, again, it's going to be a daily evaluation to see how he's able to perform. That two things are functionality and your ability to protect yourself, and uh, that's what they're going to have to look at. I wonder whether Ryan Tannehill would start if Will Levis is out. Oh, he asked this yesterday as well. Or would they say, hey, we're eliminated from the playoffs. We want to see whether Malik Willis can be a capable depth quarterback in the future. He has started games before, left something to be desired. What's the sort of point in bringing Ryan Tannehill back, who's going to be a free agent, by the way, other than perhaps wondering for him, like, does he want to showcase something? I was just going to say that. That, to me, is that might be the reason. Right, and he, I think it would have to be, you know, that would be sort of a magnanimous gesture from the mm -hmm. team to say, like, do you want to prove something once again? Because they, have it's, an it's their choice. Right? Yeah, so. Teams um, only I don't doing know. that if they know Malik isn't the guy, though, right? Like, there, you, but the there's not, like I think there's probably enough evidence already to suggest yeah, that he's <laughs> probably not I'm, I'm more with than, like, a number two or three quarterback. Yep. But, I mean, the guy, you know, he's, he's only played, he's 
simultaneously played enough that we feel like we can make a judgment, but also like in relative terms, like, you know, four or five appearances is certainly far from a complete picture on a player. So um, yeah. I, I'm, this is again, less I, if Malik Willis is in there, it decreases the value, no doubt of somebody like Deandre Hopkins vis-a-vis someone like Ryan Tannehill being in there. Yep. Um, but I think this is maybe more of like an interesting, like, I wonder what they will do for real life purposes than, what it means for those of us in fantasy. Yep. And we'll find out a little bit later this week, how yeah, it's going to impact guess, yeah. us in the game. Uh, Stefania, Zach Moss left with a shoulder injury in <laughs> this one, which Ugh. is frustrating. We were all hoping that Zach was going to have a huge game. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, he got injured scoring a touchdown. Uh, you saw him go down and, and remember he had that right forearm fracture and yeah. he landed on that arm. And my first thought was, wow, I hope he didn't refracture because even when they put hardware in there and they get good healing of the bone, you get what are called stress risers right around where the hardware is. And that area can be a little more vulnerable to a break if you hit it with just the right force, uh, just the right physics. So the good news, when I heard the x-rays were negative, I was like, hopefully that stands. Sometimes initial x-rays don't tell the whole picture. But so far, um, not only were the x-rays negative, it sounds like it was his shoulder and not his forearm. And that oh. was not clear um, okay. on at the time of the injury. Now, Adam Schefter is reporting that he expects to play this week, but it will depend, see how he progresses throughout the week. I would note that I do expect Jonathan Taylor to be available uh, this week. Remember, he had surgery to repair yeah, the ulnar collateral ligament in his thumb. Um, and I know that he's feeling good, but it's a chance of getting into more practice and, and getting back um, and being comfortable handling the ball. But I think this will be the week that you will get Jonathan Taylor. And whether Zach Moss is available or not, that's going to be the I believe that's going to be the the plan is Jonathan Taylor start Zach Moss be the backup. Interesting. And I think that like when you have an injury that's to your thumb, I don't think the Colts are concerned. Like you're either good enough. It's either functional enough to play or it's not. not. Right. But the team might be a bit more judicious with his overall workload as opposed to Zach, as opposed to where he was. Remember, like it was a very even split when JT first came back. Then it became the Jonathan Taylor show and Zach Moss was persona non grata for fantasy purposes mm-hmm. for like three weeks there. So my guess would be that assuming JT plays, it's going to be maybe like 70 30 if Zach Moss plays as well, as opposed to 95 5 or 50 50 in terms of this. Yeah, play. And I think it's worth pointing out the difference too. like AJ Dillon didn't play this week because of a thumb fracture and they were going to have to pad it. There was a real concern about ball security. Jonathan yeah. Taylor had a surgery where they did a ligament repair that's reinforced uh, with with this synthetic suture tape, it, the construct is strong. Like there's not a worry about re-injury. He won't probably have to wear anything at all on his thumb. So it's really just a question of his comfort level. Can he grip the ball enough? Does he have any discomfort in the thumb? And I think if those things are fine, and I think there's a good chance they are, uh, there's not going to be a fear about him playing with that as far as risk of re-injury or ball security. Hey, that would be fantastic. All right, let's talk about some wide receivers. Stefania, Michael Pittman got leveled last yeah. week, unfortunately left with a concussion in this one. What can you tell us about Michael Pittman for week 16? Helmet to helmet hit halfway through the second quarter. And, uh, you know, concussion protocol is what it is. Shane Steichen said on Monday that he's, quote, doing good, uh, whatever okay. that means. You know, That's you like to hear bad. that, right? right. I know you right. like to hear at least some words of encouragement, but it doesn't really give us information as far as progression through the protocol. So stay tuned. All right, we'll stay tuned on that. Jamar Chase also dealing with an AC joint sprain. Stefania. 
Tanya. What can you tell us about Jamar? If you saw that late in the game, I mean, he, he landed on his side. So you start mm-hmm. thinking, what are all the possibilities? Is it his ribs? Is it his shoulder? And when he came back, I thought it was interesting because on the broadcast, you know, the press box, they have to update the status. So they said uh, Jamar Chase questionable to return with a shoulder injury. And I was like, that's a sling he's wearing underneath his big hoodie. Yeah. Like that guy's not coming back. And you know, even if you have a mild AC sprain, they often put you in a sling for support just so that your arm is not being pulled down by the weight of gravity. So there's no way for us to know what the degree of injury is. Uh, it sounds like Zach Taylor is going with his usual day to day. We've seen Zach Taylor call a player day to day and they've missed multiple weeks. So mm-hmm. take that, that for Joe what Nixon you last will. Year with the toe. Yeah, and even going back to AJ AJ Green. Wow. Was, wow. <laughs> yeah. you know, throwback. Uh, yeah. But I think that uh, in this case, Look, he, he probably escaped something significant or we'd be talking about surgery. We've seen wide receivers often do not have surgery with this. All you've got to do is look at Keenan Allen and his little uh, we, that step that sign deformity is his, his collarbone that sticks up because he truly had a separated shoulder, which is the other term used for this. It, it will come down to comfort. Can he get his arm overhead? Can he catch a ball? Can he land on it? Sounds like NFL Network is saying they don't expect Jamar Chase to play this week. We'll see how that transpires over the rest of the week. Yeah. If that does happen, Field, how are you going to look at this? Like, does T. Higgins, with what he finally did this last week, does he step up into a bigger role here in Week 16? They need him to. They play against the Steelers, by the way, as well. So I think a pass defense that I'd feel fine about. We saw Michael Pittman going to work early in that game until, obviously, he suffered that concussion. So the matchup does not totally scare me. Mike might write about the potential for a Joey Porter shadow uh, in his column this week. Uh, But, yes, the Bengals, out of necessity, are going to have to throw the ball a ton to T. Higgins who reminded us this past Saturday that... Listen, if style points were a thing in fantasy, he would have had like a 25 (laughs) extra point. That was amazing. An amazing play. The awareness was off the charts. I mean, just to have... I mean, he's got those long arms. That helps (laughs) as well. Uh, But the, the idea of T. Higgins going off in Week 16 might seem to some like, ah, yeah, yeah, go for it, but like assume that. And then like, no, like... No, there's he's a star. Yeah. Like this offseason, T. Higgins could sign a contract for like twenty two million dollars per year. Right. That wouldn't surprise me at all. He's thought of that highly. He's that good of a player. So he could be he'd be a wide receiver one. Yeah, on a lot of teams. Yes. Yeah. What the Panthers <laughs> would do with T. Higgins right now. They would probably build a statue of him the minute they sign him if they get him this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last wide receiver to ask you about Stefania. Jaden Reed. Ugh. He has scored 15 fantasy points in five of his last six games, including 17 here in week 15. What's he dealing with? Because I want him out there on my week 16 yeah, championship no roster. These Packers wide receivers are crushing us with the injuries. Seriously. And Jaden Reed's no different. He had, he remember he came into last game with an ankle injury. He was on the injury report two weeks before that because of a chest injury. Now he leaves with a toe injury late in this game. Again, it's too early to know how that bodes for this week, but it was a late exit. You know, he obviously was playing well, six for 52 and a touchdown, I think, before he left. So uh, Jaden Reed is an explosive, exciting player, and I hope he's back. But and by the way, to be seen. if he does play in this game, he has reached that threshold where it would be darn darn dangerous to bench him yeah he's too good too good yeah he just and keeps finding the end zone who knows too. if christian Scored watson again. will be available still you know the hamstring yeah. injury and he missed so and i know that, that I, I know that uh, they have been very sort of equitable with their touches for much of this year but Jaden reed clearly has emerged as one of those guys that they have to force feed the football to a lot if there's no christian watson and no aj Dillon once again wouldn't surprise me assuming Chris, uh, Jaden reed plays that he has another 
seven to 10 opportunities because yep. he's going to get some as a runner and a, of course, a receiver as well. I'm with you. There's no way I can take it on my fantasy lineup at this point. All right, Stefania, let's... Unless he's not playing. Well, yeah, unless he doesn't play and then I will take him out of my fantasy lineup. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Uh, Stefania, a couple guys that I want to ask you, can we expect to see them back in week 16? Chris Olave plays Thursday night football, has been dealing with an ankle injury. What are your thoughts on him? I'd love to give you definitive answers. So many of these guys are going to be like, watch, watch, watch this week. But the yeah. one thing about Chris Olave, who did not play, came down to game time decision. He right. was very close and they operated with the mindset of potentially having him available for Thursday. They play Thursday night this week against the Rams. The Rams? Yes. Rams. Yeah. Yep. In LA. Yep. Yeah. A lot of football going, a lot of football yeah, lot scheduling. Of football, yes. going, we, we got football on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Hard yeah, to keep track. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, Chris Olave, I do believe has a good chance of playing this week, but of course, stay tuned. All right. His teammate, Michael Thomas, has been dealing with a knee injury. Is there a chance that we see the practice window open up for him to return this week? Maybe, but they haven't given us any hints. Okay. And I am not thinking that we're going to Michael Thomas. I am certainly not feeling it. Nope. Okay. We didn't see Tyreek Hill. That was a surprise for all of us, especially on FF Now. Yeah. That became the main story of that show. Okay, totally. What can yeah. you tell us about Everybody Tyreek Hill for a week? fantasy championships yeah. is like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. How can I not have the best player? I. This is one of those that, I, I, again, it, was, it came down to the end. And Jeff Darlington was reporting on this all morning for us on Sunday. And one thing he said that I thought was interesting was he looked good running his routes. He really didn't have any issues moving, turning corners. But what he was a little bit fearful of, the apprehension was tackling. And of course, he injured this ankle on a tackle where his foot got forced into rotation. And if you're worried about getting taken down or getting caught in a pile and that ankle twisting and being aggravated, Mm. it's understandable why Tyreek Hill wanted to give it another week. So I think his chances are very good, but let's see what happens over the course of the week. Okay. What about CJ Stroud and Nico Collins? We could use both of those Texans back for week 16. CJ Stroud, concussion protocol. All we knew was that he did not get clearance at the end of the week. So uh, we, we have really nothing to go on other than monitoring him there. And Nico Collins with a calf injury that is his second of the season. Uh, only missed a week last time, so maybe it's, it's not that bad. Sounded like this wasn't a particularly serious setback, but again, it will depend on what he's able to do. Field said this many times in Houston, they practice, they play. Yep. I will only add two pieces of context to CJ Stroud. And obviously I, we all know these are nonlinear. Stefania has reminded us a zillion times. Yep. D'Amico Ryan's at the end of last week, was talking about how I'm really not even concerned about the football with CJ Stroud. I'm just concerned about like his well-being and his health. Yesterday, they tried to claim another quarterback off of waivers, mm. and they've already got two that are entrenched as backups in Case Keenum and Davis Mills. I don't know if a single NFL team has four quarterbacks on the active roster now. It's very, very, very unusual in today's NFL. Mm. Made me think, at least, and I could be dot connecting irresponsibly here, but it made me think there is a chance that C.J. Stroud is going to be out for at least one more week. Yeah, and and we've talked about concussion injuries specifically related to quarterbacks and how so much of their job is processing information. And if there is any chance that it's going to be challenging for the player to do that and to adequately prepare for a game, I could see Houston saying, no, we're going to, we're going to take our time because it's not just the physical component. We look at that a lot. Like, you know, what can they get through on the physical uh, return to get back to playing? But they also have cognitive tests they're dealing with and, and some of these other issues that probably aren't reported on as much, but are equally important, of course. 
by the way, <clears throat> Texans, Colts, and Jags, all eight and six. That division is wide open. Like that wide Texans open. Yep. team could really use CJ Stroud. So hopefully he is healthy and is able to come back for us. Stefania, another running back. Isaiah Pacheco had a cleanup surgery last week. Yeah, is there a chance? Is. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> no, is there a chance mean. that you could play in week 16 after having a surgery the week before? Sure. Uh, and the Chiefs seem to think that he will be available. It sounds like they expect him back in full practice this week. It was uh, relatively minor, but you always have to wait for wound healing after any sort of procedure like that. So as long as he can participate and show them what they need to see, this was the same shoulder he had a torn laborman repaired in the off season, obviously did something in there that may have been just enough to be nagging at the shoulder. And they just went in and, and alleviated that. And the good news is it wasn't a major procedure for him. Didn't involve any mass reconstruction. wasn't season threatening. Uh, and it sounds like he'll be back. Okay. Love to hear that. What about Josh Jacobs? One last running back. Are we going to see him in week 16? Yeah, that's, that's a big unknown for me right now. It sounded like he really wasn't close to playing. Mm. So we saw Zamir white and he looked really good when he was out there field. He did. Yeah, he did. I mean, I I am like completely off the radar here. I have no idea on Josh Jacobs. I, to be honest with you, I was just defaulting towards expecting him to play just because he's Josh Jacobs. But you know, quad injury, you know, you just never. Sometimes these things are worse in the aftermath because mm, they, they think it's not really a serious injury, yeah. but it's muscular, and then they try and push it. Then it's more problematic. I would no look, doubt Zemir. Yeah, he he could be back. That's it's good. No, no, so no I, I, I have zero idea. I have yeah. I have no clue whatsoever. I will offer that obviously Zamir White would be a you know a top twenty consideration if yes. Josh Jacobs is out. Yep. Moreover, I would offer this is that while they don't play till Monday night, they do so they, uh, they, Monday they, afternoon, or, uh, Monday yeah, at one. So you have a little Monday more afternoon. time. Yep. Because um, we know on Christmas. Monday night. Yes. I was going to say, is that because of the maybe the best game of the year as far yeah. as I'm concerned? Yeah. Yeah. Four Niners and Ravens. Um, so we know that this Raiders team has zero quit in it, right? They're going to, you know, as as uh, as Antonio Pierce reminded us in the second half on Thursday night, they're just going to keep going and going and going. And there's a lot to play for when you are a head coach uh, with the interim tag and the GM with an interim tag. Um, Josh Jacobs is also now just three games away from being a free agent and mm-hmm. I'm not trying, but we, we know that Josh Jacobs is, is mindful of that situation. I mean, the guy sat out for all of training camp basically until like what the last 10 days. Yeah. So, um, I'm not trying to, uh, assume this is what Josh Jacobs mindset is, but I also think that if I were in that same spot, there would be a part of me that would be saying, if I'm at risk right now with a quad injury, that's going to compromise what could happen four months from right now. Mm-hmm. I will make sure that I am 100% before I'm back on the field or at least whatever, 85, 90% before I'm back on the field. So maybe somebody to keep in mind for this game on Monday, Christmas, three games on Christmas, Chiefs Raiders to start Giants Eagles next Giants, excuse me. Yes. Giants Eagles next. And then for Nana Ravens. Wow. What a gift. What a, it's a Christmas miracle we get three Seriously. games, and, and, and my Niners playing the Ravens like that's going to be that's going to be good. Is it, and also, I, I right, just hope I'm not reliving my Super Bowl experience from New Orleans. Oh. I've got a feeling ago. you guys won't, but you're playing at home, which helps too. Mm. And for fantasy purposes, think about how many undecided semifinals will come down to that Ravens and 49ers game. Obviously, Seriously. Lamar, and you've got Gus Edwards yeah. and Isaiah Likely. I'm so sad about the loss of Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, <laughs> bummer. But and then obviously on the on the 49ers side, I mean like. Is there any player that you would less like to face right now in fantasy than Christian McCaffrey? The answer is pretty obviously no, right? I mean, he is have... amazing. I don't know if you guys watched the Manning cast last he night. Was great. But he was great. He was so good. And the thing is, he's a guy of few words a lot of times. When you see him in interviews, he doesn't say yeah. that much. 
I thought last night was maybe the best thing I've seen from him in terms of him sharing from his point of view as a running back of the things he's mindful of or the things that he's trying to do in a game. And just strategy-wise, it was off it the was charts. Great. Also, his training. And they, they, he they talked about doing animal good. movements and yeah. he's doing gymnastics. I mean, listen, this goes back to – I'm going to – date myself here, but like Lynn Swan talked about ballet lessons and how it helped him to become a better receiver. And when I hear about these football players going outside their comfort zone, doing these other training techniques, Christian McCaffrey talked about doing gymnastics and some of these other movements because for a running back, you never get to replicate what you do Mm -hmm. unless you're playing football. And part of the way he's trying to keep himself healthy and not getting injured is by doing things that will simulate what's going to happen to him in a game. You should appreciate that, everyone who plays fantasy football, because yeah. Christian McCaffrey staying healthy yep. is been the key. I, I, how many leagues do you think he's going to, you know, are going to be he'll league be winners? He'll be on the championship roster. He'll, yeah, he'll yeah, be on the we roster. Saw, we talked about this on Sunday. The five players who are uh, on, who are rostered in the most, the highest percentage of playoff leagues or playoff teams. Yep. It was like Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen. Who were the last Josh two? Allen was one of them, I remember. Josh Allen, yep, so that's four out of the five. So, yeah, I mean, no surprise, right? Yeah. The guys at the top of their various positions. But, yeah, I mean, that's a great Christian McCaffrey has been this season. Yeah, I don't know why Sam Laporta wasn't listed in that list. but uh, some Might have been should... Raheem Mostert. Might have been also oh, Raheem Mostert, there. you're right. Oh, yeah. It was Raheem Mostert. Mostert. Well, obviously, Mostert's been unbelievable. Forget? So, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. All right, let's dive waiver into some, yeah, some waiver wire stuff. Honestly, this should be pretty quick. We're going yeah, into week 16, it, guys. Like, we don't have... If you don't have a starting quarterback or a starter in one of these situations, it's because you're in the deepest of leagues or you got <laughs> ravaged by injuries. Let's talk about... Yeah, just at like... quarterbacks field... It seems obvious to me there's only a handful of guys I would even consider at this point. Baker Mayfield, yeah. after what he did this last week, taking on Jacksonville. He's been good all season. And he has been good all season. Jake Browning yep. did it again. And this week gets Pittsburgh. And then the other one, the dart throw for me would be Joe Flacco, who just continues to sort of... Did you call him Flacco? Flacco. Yeah. Flacco. We had this entire conversation yesterday, <laughs> and then I got grilled at home by Mama Dolphin Rosie to be Flacco? like, do you say it wrong? How does this work? Flacco. So I appreciated yesterday. Field did try to help me about He's like, I don't know how to say it. I say bangles. So like, yeah. I appreciate you trying to like be with me and sympathetic. Like, I have a lot of things that I don't say that well, so yeah. I'm not going to begrudge you if you have one thing that you might be like I just half remember a syllable off on. It's burnt into my brain that Matthew would say wacko for Flacco. Wacko for yes, Flacco. 100%. So yep. there's your there's your. That's that's it. That's it. I honestly, in week 16, I'm more wacko for Baker Mayfield out of anyone that I had to choose here. Field, who are the, who's, which quarterback would you pick if you, you needed one of the week 16? Them. Yeah, you listed those guys. Baker Mayfield, Jake Browning, Joe Flacco. In the order in which I will have them ranked for week 16. Okay. Baker obviously has been so good and they have a good matchup this upcoming weekend against the Jaguars. Uh, and by the way, the, the the potential path for starting one of these three players could be if you have Trevor Lawrence, who has obviously not been very good this season, but he's in concussion protocol right now. Uh, Doug Peterson offered, uh, you know, I think a, a pretty um, understandable update, which was that I have no idea. I can't mm-hmm. say anything about these guys. So um, he has no idea just how far along Trevor will come by Sunday when this game is played. So uh, this is probably more for two quarterback league considerations, Daniel, but uh, with the way that Baker Mayfield has played, even a player who does not run the football a ton has legitimate upside given how great the weapons are around him and just how well they have schemed pretty much all offseason with a limited running game all season. I should say they have a limited running game in Tampa, which could lead to lots of throwing opportunities for the Baker. Do you think that, as far as Jake Browning goes, yep. three straight games with 20 fantasy points. Yep. 
if he doesn't have Jamar Chase and he just has T. Higgins and the rest of that receiving core, how much is that going to move him down as a backup quarterback within this offense for you? A little bit, but so much of what they've done has been stuff at or near the line of scrimmage. Like his yards kind of per attempt has been the, very low. Yeah. So yeah, just basically yeah. it's high percentage throws. That's why he's completing over 75% <laughs> of his passes through four games and, and just let the guys do the work. Yeah. yeah, which obviously Jamar Chase not being available is a hindrance to that. But still, it's not like we're talking about a team that has zero depth at wide receiver Tyler Boyd T Higgins Trenton Irwin's been a capable player uh, when he's gotten opportunities like Tanner Hudson legit has been a- yeah Hudson's been like one of the busiest players on a per route basis yeah. this season um, talk about a random useful tight end but seriously yes. um, and Joe Mixon in the screen game has been absolutely mashing yeah. over the past four and Chase weeks. Edmonds or Chase Edmonds uh, Chase Brown Chase as Brown well. yeah so they've, they've done the right stuff for a quarterback who maybe has some limitations that Joe Burrow does not all right let's talk about some running backs these then. are more interesting to me yeah I'll I'm with you on this yeah. one all right, why don't you start then? Give me the running backs that you want, because I got a couple in here that I don't love, but a few I would consider as yeah, well. Yeah, so uh, we list, we have four on our list. You know, there are two that I think are compelling. Uh, one, pretty obviously compelling. It's Ty Chandler for the Vikings, as uh, Alexander Madison is uncertain to play this upcoming weekend. And Kevin O'Connell has kind of confirmed, like, they liked what they saw from Ty Chandler a lot. Mm-hmm. They want to get more of that into the game plan going forward. So is he going to have a rushing and receiving touchdown in every single game? Of course not. They play the Lions. Bad matchup. Also true. But Ty Chandler could easily have 15 to 18 opportunities. That's good enough to be a low-end RB2 consideration. Zamir White, piggybacking off of what we just talked about, if Josh Jacobs is out, I would have him ranked just as high, actually higher than Ty Chandler because the matchup is maybe not great against Kansas City, but it's better than playing against the Lions with that stingy run defense. Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson played a lot for the Colts this past weekend, but given both Stefania's comments about the possibility of Jonathan Taylor playing and the fact that Zach Moss could play on Sunday, both of those players would only be added if you have the flexibility to stash one on the bench just in case. Agreed. Just in case adds nothing more than that. Because if Taylor and Zach Moss play, heck, Goodson might still be on the practice squad by Sunday, and Trey Sermon might play zero snaps if Moss and Taylor are both available. Yeah, if they're both there, we wouldn't look at either of these indie nope. running backs. And honestly, it's it's going to be tough because we won't know about Josh Jacobs, but Zamir White, like you're saying, has just as much of a path to a full time role as Tyson Chandler, as Ty Chandler does. Yeah, we'll track that one. You know, Antonio Pierce has been okay actually about injury updates, so we'll stuff. we'll follow that one. It won't be until Thursday that their first practice report is due. But if he didn't practice at all last week. And we get to Thursday and Friday, and Josh Jacobs still is not practicing at all. Again, Stefania is much better at this stuff than I am, but that would that would tend to tell me that Monday is in doubt. Mm-hmm. I think I'm with you on that. I think she nodded in approval there. Yeah, I did. Okay, did. okay, it was a yes, yeah, because we just we might not hear anything at all till Thursday. That's yep. when yep. they're their yep. first obligation. And if he's on the field Thursday, Friday, then we have an indication he might he might give it a go. Might go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Feel for the wide receiver position. There's a handful of guys that we would think about. One of them for me would be Dontavian Wicks. Yeah. Everything that he, especially if there is no Christian Watson and if Jaden Reed, as Stefania had mentioned, if for, for some reason he misses in this one, he's been utilized within this Packers offense. Is there another wide receiver that you would look at off the waiver wire this week? I mean, it all happened in the second half, but Josh Palmer did have a busy day on Thursday night for the Chargers. Four catches for 113 yards. I think that basically every wide receiver that we will discuss as a waiver wire ad this week comes with comparable risk versus reward. Yep. Right. If you told me that 
Dontavian Wicks has two catches for 21 yards on Sunday for the Packers. I'd say absolutely buy it. Yep. Not shocked. He had six for 97 yep, though this past week. Sure if there's no Christian Watson and no Jaden Reed and no AJ Dillon, well, that's three offensive playmakers that they would be down yep. would certainly open the door. The Packers are full of players that have intriguing upside on offense. I mean, they're full of them, right? That's I true. mean, I think Luke Musgrave is eligible to return from IR this week. Don't know if he will or not. Right. But I mean, Tucker Kraft is intriguing. He had yet another big game this past sun- Sunday. So Green Bay, obviously in a rut right now, having lost two straight. But if you're a Packers fan, I know you're frustrated about the coordinator on defense and just the defense's general performance and the pass coverage specifically. But I think good days are ahead in Green Bay, probably as soon as next season. Yep. All right, let's talk about tight ends here. I think this is a very good one as well. If you need a tight end field, a couple of guys. One, Isaiah Likely continues to be utilized within this Ravens offense. He's the one that I feel like is the uh, surest thing out of the three names Agreed. that we have listed here. Totally Isaiah Likely found the end zone again last week, had that incredible catch late in the game to help seal that victory for the Ravens, like jumping up over Jaguars defenders near, but not in the end zone. It's been a good player. He's really become... Um, he settled in to exactly where we wanted him to be, right? Last year, without Mark Andrews, he became like this phenom that we felt like was not necessarily sustainable. Earlier in the year, when he had Mark Andrews out, he was a non-factor, week one, zero, basically. Um, So now he's settled into like a top eight or so tight end Mm -hmm. consideration, and that's where I have him ranked for this upcoming week. Hunter Henry... um, I didn't even want to mention him. Wasn't he part of Red Zone? Yeah. Um, was no, he no, was, we, this is actually, no, I had him as my long shot pick long shot, that's uh, and then I pivoted. No, you didn't. I did. Yes, I know. I pivoted when I realized that Rashid Shahid was available and there was no Chris Olave. Oh, um, I'm sorry. It, it actually ended up not burning me. I ended up. You still won the grossest of wins. Okay. Um, <laughs> grosser than the week before by 0.2 fantasy wins. You've had uh, some gross wins. By 0.6. So okay. I guess not quite as gross, but uh, yeah, Hunter Henry had a great game seven for 66 and a touchdown with another touchdown called back. Uh, so it could have been one of those. I really regretted, uh, but he is dealing with a knee injury now. Yes. He's a guy, by the way, who arrived in new England with this reputation, not reputation with a history of being, Riddle and missing time, and he has become all of a sudden Mr. Consistency. For That's them. crazy. Yeah, I know. And sort of under the radar. Yeah, doesn't miss time anymore, which will bode well for him as an upcoming free agent. But we will see. Uh, we'll see about this because he was knocked out of the game with yep. this knee injury, so don't know yep. much about it. And yet. obviously, again, I said this about Josh Jacobs, right? He's yep. got three games left for a team that's three and eleven. He's going to be a free agent in four months. You yeah. ask yourself if you're going to risk it, whether. Josh Jacobs, Hunter Henry, respected teammates, captains, all that. But you have to look out for yourself. Their teammates would tell them exactly that. Hunter Henry has three touchdowns over the last two games. He's been great. Gets the Denver Broncos this week, who just gave up three touchdowns to Sam Laporta at the tight end position. Mike Kosicki weekend, baby. Yeah, it could be another one. All right, Field, I think... I don't think there's anyone else that I would want to talk Tucker about. Tucker Craft, you know, he's been better, as I mentioned. I just mentioned him a couple minutes ago. No, he's but good. those he's two guys are the guys that we like. 97%. Yep. Show league time? Let's talk. take a couple questions okay. from YouTube, if you don't mind. Let's first, do it. Yeah, hey, your show. Let's do it. This one comes from Cooley. Cooley okay. wants to know, would you play this week, Chris week Cooley. 16, Justin <laughs> Fields versus Arizona or Jared Goff against Minnesota? Oh, you know what? I will apply this. I'll be selfish here. As of right now, I have Justin Fields over Dak Prescott in my own lineup. Whoa. In a semifinal this weekend. Whoa. Yeah. It's a re- I mean, it's just such a great matchup. It is a great matchup I mean, for him. You just watch that Cardinals team. Yeah, Stefania. I know. I got Justin Not Fields the answer. four yeah. and Jared Goff at 12. Yeah. 
So um, pretty clear. Yeah, to me, it's pretty clear. And by the way, this Vikings defense, pretty darn good. Yeah. I know that uh, Cincinnati heated up late in that game, but think about some of the master classes that Brian Flores has been putting on as their defensive coordinator this year. So I would prefer Justin Fields to Jared Goff this week. Cooley. All right. This one comes from Michael. Mm, this is one of those things. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Giello. G-I-E-L-L-O. Michael Giello. Giello. Yeah, Michael Giello. Is that fair? Michael right. Giello. Just That's say it with an Italian with, accent, yeah. and maybe it's correct. <laughs> uh, we got a couple guys to choose from. Would like you to pick two. We got Amari okay. Cooper, okay. Chuba Hubbard, okay. James Conner, okay. and T. Higgins. This is in PPR? I'm going to assume PPR. doesn't say. Let's assume PPR. Amari Cooper, Amari T. Cooper T. Higgins, T. Higgins yep. James Conner, yep. and Chuba Hubbard. All right. I'm going to default to the two wide receivers yeah. and assume that you need the most upside in your fantasy playoff matchups. Yep. If not, if you felt like you needed to thread that needle of upside and floor, my answers would be Amari Cooper and James Conner. Conner, who's been coming on of late, even with minimal passing game utilization, he's running hard. He had a 40-plus yard run this past weekend and a touchdown. Now, they do play the Bears, Bears. who have an excellent Mm -hmm. run defense. I mean, Mm -hmm. outstanding run defense. But still, the workload for James Conner should be close to 20 opportunities. Yeah, should be really good. I'd still go with the wide receivers. I'm with that you. That would be my inclination. I would go with Cooper and T. Higgins as well on that one. All right. And number T. Three. Higgins could have a Especially wide if there's yeah. no Jamar Chase. Right. Right. Uh, number three from Josh Barnes wants to know, which running back would you play this week? DeAndre Swift, okay. Ezekiel Elliott, Oof. or Brian Robinson Jr.? Uh, this one, you know what? I think there's a chance the decision is made for you. Because, well, maybe not a good chance, but if Ramondre Stevenson's back, you can't play Zeke. <laughs> Correct. And if Brian Robinson's not back, you can't right, play him. Well, right. even if he is back, he plays the Jets. And I'm not sure how much I want to play Brian Robinson against the Jets rather than even though I was the one that said, I don't know how much I trust DeAndre Swift. He's getting so much usage in yeah. that offense. Right. So they play the Giants. I think there's a good chance. Yeah, yeah. I think DeAndre Swift. DeAndre, I think, is where That's I'm where at I'm too. Leaning. Probably the safest. Uh, if Ramondre's out, though, I would lean towards Zeke. And I know the people are going to say, you're going to do that after getting kind of burned by him this past week. And my answer is... Yeah, that Broncos run defense is still yeah. god-awful. Yep. Terrible. All right, question come number four comes from SM. If Jamar Chase is out, is Tyler Boyd going to cook the Steelers secondary <laughs> and linebackers are wasted? Um, cook is a it's term. A word. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that can go as far as cook. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. what that means, but I've got him inside my top 30. Okay. He okay. moves up. Yeah. I think everybody moves up a peg. Like that's what happens. Top, maybe top 35 wide receiver. I, have, I, I said that and then I realized I don't have my rankings right in front of me. Uh, but yes, I mean, Tyler Boyd, you know, the, I think the, uh, the counterpoint would be that last week when Jamar Chase went out and it was not early was in the late. game, yeah. um, but you know, prior to that point that had been a quiet day for Tyler Boyd, he had just two catches total, but I mean, it's Tyler Boyd. We've seen him do this plenty of times before. My expectation would be somewhere between five and seven targets for Tyler Boyd. Sure. Touchdown upside is limited, but yep. If he could turn five into 53, which is be, which to me would be a wide receiver three. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair right there. All right. We got one last one. Field Yates All comes right. from Carlito. Carlito. Is Noah Brown worth starting over Tony Pollard? I say this because Ooh, man, my wife asked me the same question. She is really? so tired. Not Noah Brown, but she's like, can I start this running back over oh, Tony, Tony Pollard? Pollard. Yeah. And it's like, I hear you. And this is some of the things that happened. But like, I, I don't know how you... I don't know how you bench Tony Pollard, especially for Noah oh, Brown. Oh, man. Um, well, well, tell me how you can do it. Yeah, I was tell me say, how you can do it, guys. Uh, no Nico Collins. Yeah. Would help. To, yeah. Noah Brown had a good week. Yep. Eight for 82. I know because yeah. I benched him oh. and I traded him out for Rashid Shahid. That did not <sighs> nah, work in my favor. Not great. Not mm. great. Yeah. Um, 
But eight for 82 last week with the touchdown. Mm-hmm. With Case Keenum under center. With Case Keenum. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't know, but I think obviously I think it's possible that Case Keenum is starting again this week. If Nico Collins is also back, then certainly it changes things a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, Pollard's workload is so, so, so steady. This is why. The Cowboys play on the road this week, though. Week, oh, and I don't love that. I don't love that. Week 12. They have the worst uh, road home differential it's or the biggest crazy. road like, home like differential. Ever. Like, all of a sudden, it, it really is a thing. Yeah. Like Week 12 against Washington, he had 19 touches. Tony Pollard. Yep. Week thirteen, he had twenty three. Week fourteen, he had twenty three. Yeah, that's 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 why you're starting him. Like that's the it's thing. It's the volume. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. tough. I understand because on the road this last week against Buffalo, only seven point seven fantasy points. I totally get the question when you He's when you have more those two guys touchdown dependent than we could have possibly imagined coming into the season. Ugh. But he is definitely touchdown dependent. It's crazy. Does Dallas play this week? Dallas Miami. plays at in Miami. Miami. Yep. yep. So at least it's going to be a Ooh. better weather road game rather than playing in Buffalo outdoors. Right. Well. Hopefully I mean, there's no rain. Yes, going to say. I, I, like, uh, fingers I crossed. Know. I don't want to take miles per hour <laughs> wins and all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's dive in really quickly. Let's end the show if you guys don't mind with our show league update. All right. Uh, do this? You mean going to make me suffer through this twice? Sorry, you can leave if you want. <laughs> really so quick. Yeah, really yeah. quick. Uh, Trophy Smack had a buy. They were the number one seed. Yeah, they I were. was the number two seed. I also had a buy. We were looking at. Stefania taken on field, and Four that one was matchup. a close one. Look how, it, it was closer than that. The, let me just say, in my defense, it was close. First of all, I beat field during, you know, this is, I have so many gripes. I beat field during the regular season. And then I'm that team that beats you in the regular season and then gets beaten by you in the playoffs. Only by 10 Does anything feel points, worse? Though. I'm not okay. sure. And by the way, it wasn't really 10. It was like point. Two for the longest time <laughs> until the fourth quarter, and then it was ten. Hmm. So, That's Daniel, tough. where's my sympathy? I feel bad. About I, I no, you're not even too. trying. I feel bad. Yeah, no, I, I'm trying to actually pull up the league so I can look at everybody. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm I just, to, I just, I'm just, you know, whining. Well, you gotta, my, my team, um, my, my I'm, I'm very grateful that we advanced, <laughs> but uh, I don't like seeing Stefania's team. Um, oh, go home, so. stop, field, stop. It was a good matchup. We had fun. We it was a good well, matchup until the. Fourth quarter last night, I guess. <laughs> and then we had uh, Jamie. It makes you feel better. I draw the 24 and four first place team <laughs> yeah, the next that's, round. Yeah. So I might be, uh, I might be succinctly dismissed. Yeah, they, trophy SmackDown is That's good. a behemoth right there. That team right is there. like yeah. steamrolled through the yep. season. Yeah, My dude, sure. J.B. Brubaker, who was a metalcore fantasy, was the th- three seed coming yeah, in and only scored yeah. 93 fantasy that points. That team is good too. That's a really good team. J.B. had a great team and was awesome all year long. All just year. fell apart. I bet the, uh, he, the, yeah, he has Dak, right? Uh, let me look. I think he has he Dak. Be, he beat me during the regular season. There were he a lot a of really Dak teams team that met their that match this down. past yeah. weekend, right? Because you think about how many teams went nuclear for about six weeks yeah. with Dak, right? And then um, when he crashes back team. down to earth. I think yeah. Metalcore was higher in the standing. Well, he was a third seed. Yeah. He had Jalen Hurts and ended up oh, not I'm being sorry. able to play Tyreek Hill. That oh, was oh, a nice oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, the Dak and Tyreek teams brutal. obviously took a big hit yeah. this past weekend. Yep. So, yeah. but uh, you know, but shout out this. to Pulse. Pulse. Yeah. Pulse's team left no doubt. I mean, it's a 55 point win right there. Yeah. So uh, Pulse with a very convincing win. Way to show up win. at the right time. Yeah. Pulse, I mean, that's, Pulse that's, got that's, hot at the right time. But that's sometimes that's exactly what fantasy football is all about. That's what it's all about. Just finding your way into the dance. And Daniel being very modest that he had to buy. 
Yeah, I mean, because of course, excellent team for yeah. what it's worth. An excellent team. You had an excellent team all year. You were yeah. second place, right? In I, the standings? I was second place in the standings, even though in, it's my bye week, I scored 165.9 fantasy points, which was more than anybody else that's on this list. So oh, okay. That's okay. Right. <laughs> talk, talk. No. Yeah. I, okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm just talk. saying. You now's the time. Yeah, now's yeah, the time. No, Victor listen, goes, by the way, right? trophy this smack. intensely. I, I will just say, I mean, you know. When you're playing against a lot of people whose job it is to keep track of like, you know, who to pick up on waivers and all that. This is a very hard league. So yeah, trophy smash just for proud what it's I worth. made it to the playoff bracket. 103 fantasy points in their bye week because they have Dak Prescott as their quarterback. Oh, that's what I okay. There you go. So now um, this week, Fields, you get to go up against Trophy Smack with Dak on the road. That's your potential key to victory right now to bringing down the juggernaut. I am looking forward to facing Trophy Smack in the playoffs about as much as, (laughs) while I haven't personally experienced this, about as much as what it sounds like one looks forward to having a colonoscopy. Oh, like, that, okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's, like, that's fair. It's just not going to be fun. You know what? I am really, that is going to be a game. I mean, I'm fascinated by that Dallas game. Because, yeah, oh, because Miami's had their share yeah. of intrigue and sort of times you thought they would excel and they yeah. haven't. Miami Dallas has, has been awful on the road. They got to go across the country. This year. That's an amazing. Or a team with a 500 record this year. That's wow. hard. I'm to sorry. Even. You know what? Stop short in the f- definitely the winning record. I don't think a five on record either. So it's a. Uh, I'm actually pretty shy. I'm looking test. at Trophy Smack's roster. They they have three defenses on their roster, which is not what I usually think of with the number one team. But they must be doing something right here. Uh, I was gonna say maybe I need to add five because that's they what it is. Yeah. There, there, so, there you go. Yeah, I'm adding every available defense by tomorrow. Do that's, they have the Niners? They team? have the Niners and they have the Philadelphia Eagles both. Oh, as well, decent. no so wonder. That helps. Yep. Yeah. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday. Me, Field, and Mike Clay talking Ooh, I rankings. Think Liz Loza in the house tomorrow. Is it Liz Loza? Maybe it's Mike Clay. I, I don't know. I'm pretty. I think it's, it's Mike, Mike Clay. Clay. I'm an yeah. idiot. We'll be back on Thursday. We will have Mike tomorrow. We love you guys. Be kind to each other. Be kind to yourself. We'll see you tomorrow. <sighs> you couldn't go under the wind, Field. I'm gonna go lick All my right. wounds. Ten fantasy points. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skills are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us advice that we really trust Bay Area lady always there to help she's not a cone she's your favorite gal she's to find your best